Welcome to the Bigger Pockets Money Podcast, Finance Friday Recap Edition, where we catch up with Yuri and see if he's still mining Bitcoin to heat his house. And part of that is the fact that I took the non-financial advice that you and Scott may have thrown out into the wind and said, hey, let's reevaluate and see, am I kicking optimization to a extent um, where I'm stepping over the dollar to pick up the dime? Um, so I did readjust accordingly. And that's, I think, really the thing that we probably want to discuss today, because it was a vehement switch in the approach. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Mindy Jensen, and I'm solo today with Yuri. I am here to make financial independence less scary, less just for somebody else, to introduce you to every money story, because I truly believe financial freedom is attainable for everyone, no matter when or where you're starting. Whether you want to retire early and travel the world, go on to make big-time investments in assets like real estate, start your own business, or just heat your house with Bitcoin, we'll help you reach your goals and get money out of the way so you can launch yourself towards your dreams. Today, we're talking with Yuri. Yuri is our, kind of like my favorite guest of all time, because he is a returning star. When we last spoke with him, he was living in Southern California in an A-frame with solar panels that powered his old inefficient computer that he mined Bitcoin with. Not for the Bitcoin per se, but for the side effect. The heat generated by that inefficient computer heated his house. Literally my most favorite hack of all time and my most favorite way to use cryptocurrency. Before we bring in Yuri though, I want to share with you our money moment. This is a new segment we have where we feature a money hack tip or trick to help you on your financial journey. Today's money moment, do you like to travel? Would you like to travel for cheap? House it. Sign up for sites like Trusted House Sitters where you can be connected with homeowners to watch their house, water their plants, sit with their pets, and receive free accommodations in your city of choice. Do you have a money moment that you'd like to share with us? Email moneymoment at biggerpockets.com. All right, before we bring in Yuri, let's take a quick break. When it comes to financial guidance, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When Mindy and I want to upgrade our wallets, we turn to NerdWallet. Scott's right. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, Mindy and I were paying for vacations in cash, missing out on miles, and not even knowing what we're leaving on the table. But now we're flying through the skies for free, thanks to our new cards with more miles and upgrades than ever. So if you want more travel rewards, hotel upgrades, or airport lounge access, no matter where you go next, let NerdWallet help you make it happen with a killer travel card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at NerdWallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms of each credit card issuer apply. You ever feel like your vacation rental sits empty too often? Missing out on potential income? Look, you're not alone. Many property owners struggle with underperforming bookings and the complexities of property management. But here's some good news. Vacasa outperforms other property managers in 92% of the markets they operate. They've helped homeowners like you increase their bookings by an average of 24%, turning those empty days into profitable opportunities. Want to see what your earnings could look like with Vacasa? Visit biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa, spelled V-A-C-A-S-A, and get a free personalized income estimate today. That's biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. 
brake kits, LED lights, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. And we're back. Yuri, I have to know, are you still heating your house with Bitcoin? No, I'm not doing it anymore. Um, As I had previously mentioned, there was a threshold. We've gone below that threshold. Um, Also, you may notice that there's a change in scenery behind me. Um, So I moved. Um, And I'm not in the business of uh, paying for someone else's heat. So that my previous A-frame, I completed renovations on, converted over to a uh, rental property. But we can get into that a little bit further. So to answer your initial question, no, I'm no longer mining for heat. So now that it's a rental, did you share your uh, mine Bitcoin for heat with your tenants? Oh, oh, you said there's a there's a threshold. Now, back when we talked a year and a half ago, you were mining Bitcoin. And I don't remember what it was, but you said if it gets below 17,000, then it doesn't make sense anymore. I don't keep up with it, but what is Bitcoin right now? Um, honestly, I'm not checking because it doesn't affect my day-to-day heating purposes. <laughs> <laughs> That's really what it comes down to. Um, but yeah, no. So uh, it pro- we'll wrap into it a little bit more. Am I still doing any sort of crypto stuff? Yes, I'm still. I still have some assets in there. But um, am I actively mining? Am I actively heating or uh, using the um, the GPUs as a heating source? No, I'm no longer doing that. And to quickly wrap it back up, because anyone who hasn't seen the previous episode, this only worked because I wasn't monitoring for efficiency and I had an A-frame, which is extremely uh, efficient when it comes to uh, to how you or heat is distributed throughout. Really wouldn't consider trying this um, with a traditional home. Um, consider me a weird one and maybe try not to follow that aspect of a, a hack. <laughs> Though it is a really cool concept. It's a really cool concept. It is a great exercise in thinking outside of the box, literally thinking outside of the box because your house is not a box. It's an A. (laughs) Um, In fact, on episode 236, which originally aired in fall of 2021, I crowned you the champion of thinking outside the box. You're an engineer. Sometimes your big brain gets in the way of your, uh, your regular day-to-day life because you're like, ooh, how can I optimize? How can I optimize? I thought that was a great hack. And that is that is in Bigger Pockets Money history as my favorite hack of all time. Because you're taking a I don't want to say it's a worthless asset, but a worthless asset like Bitcoin. A comp- it's not I it's not worthless. Please email I don't care at don't tell me.com. It's a non-tangible asset. It's a non-tangible asset. It isn't something that I consider that I have in my portfolio. It's not something I want. Uh, but you took something that was like an old computer that that isn't so uh, efficient. And now it's generating heat and it's heating your house. You're powering the computer with solar panels. Literally, the sun spits out photons. Is it photons? Now my world, I'm an airframer. <laughs> <laughs> Let's call them photons. Again, if you uh, want to correct me, go ahead and email Scott at biggerpockets.com. He's not here. Be like, why are all these people correcting you, Mindy? But the sun spits out energy. Your solar panels collect it and power your computer, which heats your house and spits off Bitcoin on the side. Awesome. Plus, I get the added effects of all that heat being generated, being get, or all that uh, you know that that solar energy being captured by my uh, by my solar panels. 
um, well, during the summer, you get the shading effect underneath. So I got to help cool it down too. So there's all sorts of weird benefits. Um, but I think where a really fun place to start that's going to really open up this can of worms is, um, so it was episode 231. And I think at the time when we had last chatted, I was just under two years out of school. I was like about a year and a half out. Um, and in, in that time, I'd stated, hey, made some really, really awesome choices, made some some good investments and i i think i'd mentioned my net worth was what around the 130ish range uh-huh. um so since then october it was october 21 october of 21 okay i'm now sitting at 281 oh that's fantastic <laughs> you have more than doubled your net worth in one year and i believe in that episode we talked about the rule of 72 that essentially says every seven years your net worth will double assuming a return rate of what is it eight percent or something correct um, and part of that is the fact that I took the non-financial advice that you and Scott may have thrown out into the wind and said, hey, let's reevaluate and see, am I taking optimization to a extent um, where I'm stepping over the dollar to pick up the dime? Um, so I did readjust accordingly. And that's, I think, really the thing that we probably want to discuss today because it was a vehement switch in the approach. Okay. Well, yep. let's let's unpack that then. So you gave you gave a lot of ethereal comments there. Let's dive in and give some facts. What specifically did you change? I liquidated my RSUs, I liquidated my my speculative fund, and I also liquidated my dividend fund. And I threw it all into a uh a rental property um company that I went out and uh, developed. So I did my first deal um several er, at the end of 21, literally the last day of the year, I closed on my first four units as a portfolio deal, two single family homes and a duplex, um, December 31st of the 21. Um, so I went in and just said, whatever, we'll figure it out. Um, and dove headfirst and got as much as I feasibly could. Not the greatest financial financing terms, but we'll, we'll talk about how it actually worked out in the end uh, to my benefit. Um, and then later in April of the following year, 22, I ended up purchasing another five units in the form of three single family homes and another duplex. And then at the end of last year, I also converted my primary over to a rental as well. So as it stands, I have a uh, company or a, uh, a real estate company in Oklahoma of all places that have nine units. Um, and I'm actually flying out in two weeks to go talk about potentially an expansion of another three units. Um, and then I have my one in California. So a rental in California. Yep. Not one in California and nine in Oklahoma. You got it. Where are you living? I am in beautiful, sunny Southern California. Um, so I relocated after I got a major promotion, which will open up a little bit later. Um, and now I am in the Irvine area. Um, so much more expensive area, but it actually has worked itself out to be really darn close in cost of living. Like, nearly equal. Um, and that comes from some very, very um, specific decisions I made to be as feasibly close as I could be to work um, in a strategic area where I basically walk everywhere. So I've eliminated the second largest um, cost out of my budget, which was uh, driving. Okay. Do you still have your car loan? I do still have the car loan. Um at 100, my monthly payment being $142 a month, it doesn't really hurt me in any way. So I'd rather just let it sit. 
the the financing terms are still less than three percent, so I'm I'm very happy to just let her ride. Okay, so knowing Yuri, I know that he has thought of this instead of just well, I'm going to keep it for now because he has thought it through and made this decision. Like Scott says, if it's less than five percent interest, you should probably keep. If it's more than eight percent interest, you should probably pay it off. If it's in the middle. You should think about it. You should, you know, look at your goals and look at your income and look at all of your specific scenario and make a better decision, make a uh, more informed decision after really, really thinking about it. Your car, it's California. You're going to need a car eventually. You're going to need to get someplace anyway. It's a low monthly payment. You make a good salary. Great. I approve. I, I, had, I bought the literal, I think at the last time we had spoke, um, I it was a much more expensive car loan because, or had I already been in, um, had I mentioned that I had hit a deer because I did end up having to, uh, at some point in between, I ended up getting a new vehicle, um, well, a used, a very used vehicle as a means of uh, kind of bridging that gap because I did hit a deer, unfortunately. Well, I'm glad you're okay. Oh yeah, I'm fine. I don't know if you had hit the deer when we spoke or not. You have the same interest rate that you had before. Yeah, uh, I, I lucked out, so the interest rate was nearly the same. But I think my payment went from just about three hundred, if I remember correctly, down to the one forty mark, just because I, I literally quite wanted to grab the cheapest thing I could feasibly find and said, "This is this is reliable. This meets my requirements. I'm happy with it." I'm not going to have this thing forever. Let's just go for it and just be done with it. Um, it didn't make sense for me to th- put too much thought. Uh, found a deal, went through and said, okay, let's let's just be done. Well, let's go back and talk about your job. Because when we were first discussing with you, you said that engineers typically come in at a high salary, that space engineers typically come in at a high salary and then kind of stay for a while but you've had a bump up yeah a pretty sig- a pretty significant one um so i made two changes uh yes i i still do believe that inherently uh engineers uh do you know you start slightly higher and your uh incremental increases in uh salary are not nearly as strong as uh other professions my that's my two cents um others may disagree uh, but I hit a pretty substantial one for two reasons. One, um, I did make the switch over to being a program manager, um, which is more uh, business oriented. And then recently I made the switch back into engineering. So I kind of like uh, I, I did like this dual role thing. And I'm currently actually doing that where I'm both a uh, project engineer, which is a much more programmatic role. Um, and then simultaneously, I'm being the program manager for a portion of the uh, an airframe that I, I'm working on. Um, so in doing so, uh, my base salary went up 20%, which is pretty good. Um, I got a new long-term incentive, which is guaranteed money every year um, in the form of uh, stock units, um, which work out to 20% of my salary. Um, and then I have a potential for a short, short-term incentive in the form of a yearly bonus, um, uh, which wa- which is a potential other 20%. Um, so I got a 10% increase from previous where I was because now I have uh, uh, groups of people that I have to manage. So how that works out, low end in terms of total comp, um, it's essentially like I got a 44% increase, max uh, potentially 56%. Wow. So that's a little bit more than the 1.5 that you were projecting. Yeah, no, it, absolutely. Um, 
And, and mind you, that came from a, a multitude of different things. It required me to, uh, you know, give up the home I was living in, which I was very happy with, and move to a completely new area. Um, you know, just bounce and say, hey, let's go for it. Uh, I had other, uh, I had, you know, other companies reach out to me, which offered me more. Uh, that does come back to the point, hey, could I make the switch over to defense? Um, I just it wasn't interested, and it's worked out in my favor as a result of not just chasing money. Um, I've gotten to work on really incredible projects. Um, it highlighted my uh, attributes, uh, which allowed me to really propel my career very quickly. Um, it's pretty rare that you would have someone who go from an engineer one uh, to the position I went uh, as direct path. Normally, there's a few steps in between, um, but I'm pretty good at what I do. So they, uh, they, uh, my, my company identified that and were willing to take those sort of chances. And it's worked out in both of our favors. Well, that's great. Kudos to your company for recognizing your brilliance and kudos for you for jumping on the chance to increase your skills and increase your uh, your salary and increase. I mean, not everybody wants to move. I have a, a cousin who was living in a very small town and his company closed and he was on unemployment and he didn't want to move out of this small town. I'm like, you know, there's not that many employers there. You're kind of going to be stuck in this one place for a super long time. He's like, well, this is where he didn't have kids. Like he just wanted to live in this same small town. Whereas I've lived in, I don't know, 37 different houses in my whole life. And it's no big deal for me to move. I think it's while you're young, that's the best time to move and see what parts of the world you like. And you still own the A-frame. You could always move back. Oh, absolutely. Although I do plan on, uh, I, I do plan on 1031-ing it with, probably within the next few years. But um, that was a strategic decision. I actually was debating either selling it or holding on to it. Um, but there's a very particular reason which we can dive into after we really debrief on the real estate as to why I chose to keep it. Um, because I do believe that there is an enormous amount of appreciation at play, appreciation that um, may come out of that place in a very short amount of time. Um, but, but so now that we've covered the W2 aspect, Hey, I made some massive strides in that side. Really good. Um, and, and mind you, a lot of that did come from the fact that, uh, I took on significantly more responsibility than I reasonably should have, um, bit of a gamble on my side, but it paid off. Um, then the next thing being the, the, the side business of the, the real estate. So yeah, I liquidated, uh, my, I liquidated most of my stock, um, said, I'm only going to focus on having. Uh, my IRA, my 401k as my holdings for stock for now in time, I'll bring a lot more broker. I'll, I'll bring brokerages back in, um, in the form of, uh, those funds that I had previous. Um, but for now, um, I will just, I just liquidated everything and said, Hey, I've got this pool of money. I'm going to go out and I'm going to, I'm going to find something. Um, and, uh, that was a bit of a, a a tricky one. It took me a bit to to find something that I was uh, pretty uh, happy with. Um, you know, the, we constantly talk about the one percent rule and stuff like that, and obviously that that's becoming rarer and rarer and rarer if you want to focus on particular markets. Um, but the one I found, I mean, I'm buying places for like forty k a pop, and they rent out for almost six hundred a month. Okay, so I love those numbers on the surface. On paper, I love those numbers. But sometimes a $40,000 house needs a new roof and a new HVAC system and new appliances and, 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 and. And they, it costs the same amount, almost the same amount, to roof a $40,000 house as it does to roof a 
$300,000 house, to, you know, I mean, depending on size and all of that. But it's it still is, it, ca- it can be great and it can be not great. What is the condition? Are you looking at these houses before you go buy them? Absolutely. Yes. Thank you for saying that. New roofs, new appliances, new everything in them. Yes. Wow, for 40000 Welcome to Oklahoma. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting shrilly and excited. But oh my God. It, it comes from two things. One, I, I have found a gentleman who is looking to retire. Um, he had around 500 units. Uh, he owned, has his own construction company, property management, et cetera. And uh, as a result, his economies of scale are much better. So a lot of times I go to him and say, hey, um, how old's the roof? Can we put a new roof on? We'll just tack it onto the price. We'll work it out. So I'm able to get his rates prior to, um, and it all works out. Okay, hold on a second. How did you find this guy? Um, I almost want to hold back on that just so I maybe get on the Rookie Real Estate Podcast and talk about the golden goose. Well, it just so happens I know the rookie people. So maybe we can connect them with you after this show. But in short, uh, it required me, um, it essentially required me to leverage uh, somebody else's time to develop that connection. Um, and as a result, we've we both made out like bandits as a result. Um, oh, well, actually, all three of us. One other uh, person I purchased from is able to get incredible, uh, incredible value for his properties. He's able to offload the ones what he that he wants when he wants to. Because um, we go, I don't say, hey, these are the specific things. I say, which ones do you want to get rid of right now for tax? Or you know, you're you're doing all your tax planning. What are you planning on getting rid of this year? Let me take a look through. Let me pick and choose. Work alongside with you. We'll we'll work through this. Um, so he wins out the the seller. I went out because I get basically first dibs. Um, I also get properties that are ready to go. They have tenants in them. Oftentimes, those that have been around a very long time, which is great. And I'm happy to work with those folks. Um, I get properties that are uh, renovated, even better. Um, and then lastly, uh, my the agent I work with, um, he was able to go from being brand spanking new uh, to us working together so heavily and me introducing him to specifically working with investors to now he's uh now he's completely moved out of single family and like small multiplex and now he's uh he's a real he he does uh brokering for like like large apartment complexes so he's doing very well now so we all were it all worked out for all of us um and you know it was tough it was a lot of hours but um we made it work out oh oh hold on one second let's let's uh let's say that again it was a lot of hours you didn't just happen upon four units and now you have no now you have nine units in there no 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 it, it don't, the the amount of the amount of time it took for me to get the systems in place to be comfortable with how all of this works out was just miserable at first but now I'm past that now now the systems are in play things are kind of just you know the gears are lubricated um it requires a you know a few hours a month out of my time just to for like bookkeeping purposes and following up with everybody and making sure that things are um, going off without a hitch. Uh, quite frankly, I've only had one hitch so far. Um, it was at the beginning of this year. I had a um, emergency gas leak, and I said, "Hey, shut everything off. Send somebody over there right now. I I don't care what it is. Just go get it fixed." Um, and even that, as an emergency, like getting somebody out there to completely replace a gas line tear up the yard and as a result also have to remove a tree um welcome to oklahoma it cost me two grand so yeah it's been it's been really great um so that's the scariest thing i've had so far 
um, otherwise, it's been um, just an absolute peach. Um, and, and you know, it's like, and by peach, I mean respectively. It's there. There's certain things that I think would cause people a lot of stress, but for me, it's been like, ah, you know, it's it's just money, and uh, these things are the the pool is big enough at this point where everything is relatively self sufficient. Um, I just need to monitor it to make sure that um, things are moving in this in the right direction, um, and then keep sourcing good deals. Okay, so is this seller your only source of these deals right now? Yes. Um, okay. Simply because my goal is to uh, my, my goal is to build up any one company up to about fifty units in a location, and then begin to diversify outside of those um, target uh, those target areas. Um, so right now, I've got the nine in uh, that part of Oklahoma. My plan is to build up to fifty, and then once that's uh, uh, well and good, I'll say, "Hey, the market's treated me well." Um, here I will continue to hold on to this, but it's time for me to go to a different pasture and identify, um, a, a new area, um, which I've already started doing my due diligence and figuring out where those areas are. And, um, I've got a pretty strong opinion of how I'm going to approach this and when that'll be. Um, but I think I'm a few years out yet, probably like five years before I start exiting, um, this particular, uh, market and moving on to other areas. Okay. So a few questions about this. You use the word diversify just now, and you use that in the last show. And I'm wondering why you are so concerned with diversification. Not that that's bad. I think diversification is great. But if you have found a location that is inexpensive, that is generating, that's almost a 1.5% rule, and you've got a pool of potentially 500 units to pull from, why would you limit yourself to 50 units there? Uh, simply put, um, I'm not necessarily so I'm not necessarily looking to maximize the upside so much I'm, as I'm trying to find where that efficient frontier is. Um, additionally, I'm simply interested in, uh, you know, it's kind of a it's a silly answer because it is not necessarily monetarily driven, but I really like the um, I love the chaos. <laughs> so I do like to go set up the systems elsewhere. Um, and if you just jump into something brand spanking new, sometimes you've got to just deal with the, uh, the bumps and the bruises along the way. And that's really exciting to me. Um, so for me personally, um, will I always be in this very specific area? Uh, probably not. Will I keep buying units? Maybe beyond 50, maybe, but, um, I'm, I'm more than happy to kind of look elsewhere and see, uh, you know, what else I can make work. You know, maybe one day I'll say, hey, single family, small multifamily, small, uh, small single family. Not really my thing anymore. I kind of want to go look um, and start doing like larger co uh, complexes and I'll, I'll identify a new area that I'm kind of interested in. So simple as that. Will I leave the state of Oklahoma? Maybe, just maybe. I, I really like it as a rental state personally. Um, I really, really like it as a state. So we'll see if I if I get peeled away from that. Uh, but, uh, I won't stick to this particular city for forever. Okay. Uh, do you use a property manager? I do. And she's absolutely wonderful. Oh, there is. So I am just going to share that finding an absolutely wonderful property manager can be very difficult. Absolutely. I had to interview many people. <laughs> yes. So you said you like the chaos. Go have kids. If you want to enjoy chaos, just have some kids and they'll... It's like juggling with knives and then somebody throws a bunny at you, too. And you got to catch the bunny without catching a knife in the bunny. That was a gross analogy. Uh, but like, it is it's it is. chaos. Kids are chaos. 
Um, I would much rather have a very smooth running real estate portfolio and then deal with chaotic kids. I'm curious, have you been struggling to keep your vacation rental booked? I totally get it. It's tough to manage and keep filled. But we found something that really works. It's called Vacasa. They've seriously changed the game for a lot of the BP audience. In almost every market they're in, Vacasa manages to fill up the calendar more than anyone else. And get this, the average Vacasa user sees about 24% more bookings than with other managers. That's a lot of extra income. Curious to see what you could be earning? You can get a personalized income estimate right there. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at what Vacasa can do for you. Check out biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa, spelled V-A-C-A-S-A, biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. Deciding how to invest your capital can be extremely challenging, especially when the market is constantly changing. That's why it's never been more important to partner with a company that has a great track record. The BAM Capital executive team has successfully navigated through the Great Recession, COVID-19, and the current interest rate environment while delivering maximized returns to their partners. BAM Capital is a trusted multifamily syndicator with over $1.3 billion in transactions, delivering a historical average of over 35% IRR with an average hold period of three and a half years. BAM Capital has consistently paid preferred return distributions for over 50 consecutive months, has not lost limited partners capital, and has not called capital past the subscription amount. BAM Capital's disciplined investment strategy is targeting undermanaged institutional quality trophy assets throughout the U.S. heartland for accredited investors who are looking for generational wealth building or monthly income opportunities. Their offerings target cash flow stability, capital preservation, long-term appreciation, and accelerated tax benefits. Join BAM Capital's over 1,200 investors across 44 states and get started today at BAMCapital.com. Again, that's BAMCapital.com. What if I told you that I, Mindy Jensen, the queen of budgeting, the personal finance fanatic, sometimes forgot to cancel my subscriptions? I know, it's horrible. $10 here, $15 there. My useless subscription bills could have taken my whole family out to dinner multiple times. Rocket Money can make all that subscription sadness suddenly vanish. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. You can see all your subscriptions in one place and cancel money-sucking subscriptions with a tap. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. 
cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash bpmoney. That's rocketmoney.com slash bpmoney. Rocketmoney.com slash bpmoney. Yeah, I don't know. I just like building up the business. It's something that brings me joy. But you know what? Hey, last year I had a completely different mentality than I do now. So maybe I'll find out, hey, I'm not looking for more. Uh, Maybe, you know, five years from now, I'm going to say I am not looking for any more stress. I do not care. I'm just going to keep riding this gravy train until we we hit the depot and we'll just be we'll we'll end it there. So the idea that I'm rigid is uh, that's incorrect. I I am relatively dynamic in my approaches and I'll reevaluate as we. um, So for now, I'll, I'll hold off on that. Um, so yeah, the first one, the first four units were purchased by liquidating the, uh, by liquidating, uh, my, basically my stocks. The second one was completed by pulling equity out of my, or my primary, um, fixed that thing up, bought, or I, I bought that property, uh, in June, uh, no, August of 2020. Um, so I got great rates on it. It was a fixer upper. So I... You know, got rid of the carpeted bathrooms, that kind of thing. Um, so I, I got a lot of equity. By the time that the market peaked out out there, it was worth around 385. Right now, it's around the 335, 350 mark, depending on um, who or you know who you find. Um, so I've held on to that. I pulled out seventy five thousand dollars worth of equity, so that worked out to be, um, yeah, that that worked out. So I now have around fifty thousand dollars in equity left in or left in the place. So a decent amount of buffer, but just something to be aware of. Did not get great terms on that, and um, that's me mainly having a bone to pick with the 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 company I worked with, uh, not sending out an appraiser whatsoever and just slapping a, a number on it. But that's a whole different thing. So yeah, I have I, I'm looking to restructure that debt uh, at some point because I'm not particularly keen on them to say to say the least. Um, by doing so, they they dropped. They they just dropped uh, a note on me like the day before we were going to close on this thing, which three days later I'd be closing on my other properties because they kept kicking the can. Um, and they changed the interest rate by one and a half percent and increased it. Yeah, so I was livid. That being said, I'll be looking to restructure that debt in the future. Um, so uh, yeah, I'll probably uh, be looking around for some opportunities as far as um, how to redo that or it. It, it was just frustrating. That being said, it did work out because I bought some properties that are just absolutely doing phenomenal. Um, arguably, my best property thus far um, has been a single family unit or a single family home I bought with a duplex in back. Um, and I bought that one for 142 and that one grosses around 2100 a month. Hold on. Yeah. You bought on one lot. There is a single family home in the front that rents out as a single family home. And then directly behind that is another duplex that also rents out. Yep. And I got it for one forty two. For a hundred and forty two thousand dollars. Don't worry. I've got I've got a right of first refusal. The the the, the deal I was really hoping to get done before this and it hasn't worked out because the gentleman I buy it from is just picking away at this property as he finds time. Um but I do have right of first refusal on it, which is exactly what I want. We've already negotiated the price. Um, it's an eightplex for two fifty that grosses uh, around fifty two hundred a month. Oh my god! So yeah, a little over two percent. So yeah, I've got I've got a good deal flow at this point. I, I'm doing fine. Um, I just gotta 
figure out how to source the money. That's the biggest problem right now. Getting the down payments for these things is just, ah, it sucks. You looking for partners? Um, I've got a few people who keep on asking to partner with me, but um, my my fear is always bringing uh, personal life into business. Um, and while I'm super comfortable with it, and I understand, hey, losing money is a potential is a potential thing that can happen. Um. I'm always fearful that friends may not necessarily see it the same way. So I'm kind of at this point where I'm like, I understand you've got money you want to throw my way. I totally get that. I'm really thrilled about it. But I, time out, I, I don't think you understand what this means in terms of business. You're not seeing your money for like X number of years, because if we do this, we're scaling. Um, so they're not, that's my one fear right now. Like you bring your partners in, I have the liquidity through that side. I just have no, I, I don't have the necessarily the comfort level to know that they're ready. I know I am. I'm very concerned about them. Yeah. Well, that's when you start partnering with people who are knowledgeable, people who have done it before, people who have a lot of money and just don't want to bother with the day to day. Absolutely. But they still want some of the return. No, I, I'd love to go get my Title 63 just go set up a syndication on my own somehow, just figure that out and just go directly to my seller and be like, hey, you want to liquidate half your assets? I'll do it. <laughs> I'm happy to take them off your hands. But yeah, so that that was last year. Uh, it was an incredibly crazy year um, on the real estate side just because, well, um, I, 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 I hit gold. <laughs> That's really what it comes down to. You did. The financing terms, though, are not as good. And there is a particular reason why. Because the Fed kept raising rates. Well, no, not even that. Um, <laughs> Fannie Mae ha does have a or does have a lower threshold by which they're willing to loan. If you didn't know that, most houses, most markets, you don't even care about that. But forty k, they won't loan on. So I had to go find a private equity bank to work with. Oh, yep. So I now have a relationship with a small private equity bank in um, in Oklahoma. They gave me a half a million dollar line of credit. Um, for my portfolio loan, uh, but that's tapped out. So I got to go find uh, another another source for these uh, next few deals. But most of the houses I purchase, um, yeah, you can't go get traditional financing with. You have to go get commercial loans and all sorts of goofy things in order to to, to go purchase them. Even in that location, because if if you're buying a forty thousand dollar house, you're not getting like a ninety thousand dollar house for forty thousand dollars. You're getting like a forty thousand dollar house for forty thousand dollars, right? Yeah, the best the best like um, margin of equity I got is I did purchase a place that appraised at seventy seven thousand. I bought it for sixty nine thousand. Okay, so you're getting a bit of a discount, maybe, but not a gross discount. So not always. If you're buying a forty thousand dollar house. You're buying in an area that has forty thousand dollar houses. How are owner occupants? buying $40,000 houses if there's no loans available for them because people who are buying $40,000 houses to live in are typically like that's they're not while swimming in cash. I, I'm I'm well aware and, and there are nicer homes in that market which definitely do qualify but these smaller ones I am in total shock. I have no idea because anytime I've asked about them um, it does appear that they are rentals like I, I'm not finding anything in there uh, out there that people are just like are living in at that price range. Um, and I'm not sure if it's that's just because no one's, you know, no one's lending on it or what's going on. Um, and, and it is a bummer, don't get me wrong. Uh, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing right now. Um, that, that's, 
and I, I'm not exactly positive on how they're getting around it. Um, so in my case, I developed a relationship uh, with the bank out there. They were willing to work with me. They gave me some really awesome terms. Like they didn't even have me put 20% down the first time they, they, they did my business pitch and they said, well, we're willing to, you know, give you a break. This is your first one. Let's work together. Let's establish the business relationship. We'll let you do 15% down. Um, and I, they said, okay, great. So it worked out. Have you gone back to them and asked them if they will extend the line or ask them for more? I did because the first time they gave me a quarter million dollar loan or a quarter million dollar limit. And I went back and said, hey, listen, I've got some I got some screaming numbers in front of me. And I, I showed them and we worked through the numbers and they said, yeah, we'll we'll increase to half a million. But at that point, um, the uh, your assets under management versus what's in the bank right now, we can't extend it further. So I'll be going back out um, actually in two weeks to try to chat with the president of another small bank um, make the same pitches, you know, show the numbers, show how everything is operating, et cetera. So that way we can maybe do, uh, do that large expansion in 23. Um, the goal is that first, that first deal that we got going on or that I'm trying to get set up in two weeks, which should be for a, another single family home and a duplex. Um, that'll be the first one kick off the year. Um, we've already loose, the seller and I've already kind of loosely, uh, discussed, um, uh, seller financing. So that may be an option for this first one as, uh, because I'm fully aware I'm not going to get a bank relationship set up like on the spot. Like that's that's way too much to expect, in my opinion, um, based off what I've experienced thus far. Um, but what I do want them to do, what I do want is I want to make sure that that bank relationship is well established. Everyone's on board. Everyone's happy for when that eight plex comes up because I am not letting that thing go. Yeah, that sounds awesome. And there's, I mean, there's hard money that you can get into just to get such a smoking hot deal. Absolutely. And I think anyone who would probably see those numbers as a hard money lender would be like, well, this is a slam dunk. <laughs> What's going on? What 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 did you just stumble upon? Did it fall out of the back of a truck? Yes. That kind of thing. <laughs> um, so that, that might be one route I go. Uh, it's just, it's a bookkeeping nuisance to, to, to try to go that route if need be. Um, so I'm just trying to, I, I'm trying to keep things as simple of systems as possible, you know, trying to avoid overcomplicating everything. I hear what you're saying. Totally understand that. I get the part about the, the bank saying we can't extend. I would suggest while you're there anyway, going back in again and saying, hey, here's my updated numbers. I would love to continue working with you i would love you know what can i do what can i show you even easier i'll just pick up the phone um because the president of the bank and i are friends on instagram i'll just say hey james nice what do i need to do <laughs> yeah what do i need to do take him out to lunch See oh yeah. What, yeah like a lot of times these little tiny banks is if it's a little tiny but like personal relationships in real estate are so important and being face to face is different than calling them on the phone and since you'll be there anyway just uh just a thought pop in and just hey i want to thank you for extending this for me i have the opportunity to make more to, to buy more i would love to continue using your bank it's such a great bank it's such a great relationship to me i really value it perfect you know what yeah where do i need to be maybe he just needs to see more income maybe he needs to see more uh, potential, re like I don't know what they're looking for because I'm 
I don't use a private equity bank, but yeah, and, and that's something that I'm trying to figure out because you know I can't just go to a Wells Fargo for these things. Um, yeah, Wells Fargo wants nothing to do with these sort of uh, properties because they're just way too small. Um, so that was the second batch. The next five, which I used by pulling out equity, the terms weren't very good on that. But all of those properties are actually wrapped up, and and this is the bad part of the terms. I'm not gonna lie; it's not super great, but I'm willing to accept it. They're 15 years. Okay, it's 15 year financing. Not super great. Even at the bottom of the market when I was purchasing them, I still, and this is where the gamble came into place and it worked out in my favor. Um, we agreed to lock in 15 year, 5%, which is like, eh, it's not great. But I got those terms for the entirety of that credit line throughout that year. So when rates kept going up, it didn't affect me. That is a really great rate now. Yeah, that was a complete gamble. And I was looking at the writing on the wall and I said, I just don't know how long this is going to hold out. Um, so we came to agreements on those terms. I, you know, I, I was willing to forfeit some of those lower interest rates up front, um, do a slightly smaller deal. And then I got into a bigger deal and then had that available to me without, you know, without any worry. So big gamble. Um, that's, that was a little bit riskier than I normally would handle things, but, um, it all worked out. So I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled on that aspect. Um, so that, that's the Oklahoma properties. Then I got the California one. California one was just me to, at the very end of last year because I moved uh, to this area about two months ago, just about a little over two months ago. Um, converted that over to a uh, converted that house over to a rental. I knew that it was going to take a very special kind of tenant that wanted to live totally off the grid, out in the middle of nowhere, that kind of thing. Um, so I did, I did leave some money on the table. Um, I actively chose to, especially since it's California, I, I, you know, I had some concerns associated with the, um, uh, tenant versus landlord laws. And I totally get that. Um, there are other benefits to why one does one over the other, uh, but I simply said, Hey, what I'm going to do is I'm going to lower my margins. I'm going to give a essentially discounted rent. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to worry about it by advertising it as such. I'm going to get a larger pool of candidates and I'm going to be able to select the one that makes the most sense. Um, and it's worked out splendidly. Uh, the person who ended up run- renting for me is also a landlord. Um, so we had that nice discussion. We, we went through it. We kind of, exp- we, you know, and I kind of explained why I was coming from this and why I was being, or why it was, you know, almost $700 less than some of the averages in the area, which sounds crazy. But as a result, I've had not a peep thus far and it has been nothing but splendid. So it covers the mortgage. It covers the solar loan. It doesn't create a huge amount of gap for uh, maintenance, but I that whole place was completely renovated soup to nuts um, when I by the time I left it. So I'm a little less concerned about it. Um, plus, if anything, I'm just using it as a deduction machine at this point, um, and I'm more than thrilled about that. Uh, but I am holding on to it because of the appre- potential appreciation. Um, Talk about an area of California that is getting a lot of jobs. That little tiny town within 45 minutes of it is Mojave, California, which no one lives in Mojave. It's like a ghost town, to be entirely honest. Um, There's the spaceport, and that's about it. But um, last year, California announced that in order to deal with the uh, supply chain constraints coming in from the, the port of Los Angeles, which is the biggest port in the U.S., right? We, we, we receive our goods from China through that port. 
Um, and the fact that it was essentially just truck locked all the time because boxes would be unloaded, they'd be put onto trucks and they'd be shipped out. The way that's being addressed is there, all the old rail lines that are running through there are actually going directly up to Mojave, California now. And by the end of next year, supposedly, the California's first ever inland port will be there, which is supposed to bring in another about 2,500 jobs. What a great way to handle the gridlock there. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, it's, that's awesome. I've, I'm, ex- I'm ecstatic about it because that is a very easy shipping route. I mean, that you just you end up out there and you just take the 58 and you head to Las Vegas and then you distribute accordingly. But um, so they're going to be taking a, a lot of the stuff that's going on, decongest that area from trucks, ship everything through uh, through rail to this desert area, 400 acres of nothing. They're going to they're going to bolster a town that has a population of 3000 by adding or bringing in another 2500 jobs. And then there's another rebar plant being built out there that's supposedly going to open it in 25 with another 500 jobs. So we're getting close. To, we're getting over a billion dollars injected into this area in like less than three years. So I said, I'm holding on to this thing. It's going to bring in a lot of people. If anybody wants to live rural at all, my community is literally the only option. Like if you want to be in the mountains, like this is your only option. Um, and there's not a lot of buildable land up there because it's mountainous and building in mountains turns out is not the soup it's not the easiest thing unless you've got a lot of cash to drop on terraforming which a lot of people don't want to do yeah so and there you go so that's uh that's my you know fingers crossed appreciation play um i'm gonna hold on to this thing um and my goal is in a few years just let it go because i lived there for two years so hopefully i can sell it within three for leaving for obvious reasons or four and then you move back for a year there's a lot of ways. Those don't have to be consecutive two years. Totally get it. Um, that being said, I would like to offload it just because um, it could potentially bring me in a bunch of equity to just, you know, throw it to Oklahoma. <laughs> right. But if you could, if you or you know what, you've got your your two years and then it squeaks into a year and a half. You move back for six months. All of that is now um, tax free. Absolutely. Which is Way better than paying taxes. Oh, 100%. Other, otherwise, I'll just hold on to it in time, just 1031 it and just say, yeah, whatever. Assuming 1031 is still around, that's a whole debate, but we'll, we'll see. Well, and you will have plenty of heads up if 1031 is going to go away. They're not just say, hey, they're not going to announce, hey, 1031 is going away tomorrow. The end. A- exactly. So I, I'm not super concerned. Um, but anyway, so yeah, that rounds out my my portfolio at this point. So I kept doing what I was doing before, maxing out my... my um, and, and, and Scott and you might might slap me on the wrist for this. Um, I do have the option of a, a Roth or 401k. Um, I actively choose to do traditional um, simply because my, um, you know, being in a very high tax bracket uh, right now uh, out in California, I'll retain that. And I, I vehemently believe that in time there, you know, there, there'll still be ways of me reducing my uh, tax or my tax effective tax rate in such a way where I can pull out at lower rates. So I'm not too concerned. I know that 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 may be a little bit of a, a faux pas, especially when you talk to the the financial community. Everybody loves Roth. I love Roth too. Um, but in my term, in my viewpoint, the way I've calculated things out, I think having the extra money today provides me a lot more value than um, than the tax savings on the or the potential tax savings on the back end. At least in from from my uh, experience. Well, and you've made a decision be- that you've thought through. You didn't just choose something by throwing a dart at a wall. Correct. I didn't default to traditional because it says traditional. 
I, I've, I'm actively choosing to select a traditional 401k and a traditional IRA because of uh, opening up that liquidity for me to deploy it in these really, really great properties I keep finding. It's <laughs> really what it comes down to. Um, so beyond that, that's kind of it. Uh, obviously, I took on an enormous amount of debt last year, but to purchase some pretty awesome assets. So, you know, it, it, I think that uh, uh, the, the proof is in the pudding. I already mentioned in the beginning of the episode, I went from 130 in October of 21 to right now I'm sitting at uh, 281. So I, I, I'm going to call that great success on my point. And I think the, the system's working. I think that's fabulous success. I lost a ton of money last year. I didn't make anything last year. Oh, don't worry. I lost money too. It's just <laughs> some of the gains worked out in my favor. And th- another no- note to you know potential investors, hey, by the way, Oklahoma has yet to see some of these di- these dips. My properties still are going up in value. Uh, my my friends that live in Oklahoma City, their properties are still going up in value. Um, you know, some areas are 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 a little bit inflated and other areas are still depreciated um my market has seen nothing but uh, has not slowed down yet that's awesome yuri i'm so excited for you i'm so excited for what you've been able to accomplish in one year a year and a half maybe it's not even been a year and a half since we last spoke to you you have such a bright future and i'm so excited for all of the things that are coming your way where can people connect with you so Realistically, there's going to be two options. Um, first and foremost, LinkedIn. I I religiously use la- that that platform. I I love LinkedIn. Anybody can add me. I'm more than always. I'm I'm happy, happy, happy to have any sort of discussions, assuming I have the time. Um, I'm not hard to find. There's literally only one Yuri Desro, so you're not gonna you're not gonna struggle to find me. Um, the other option is on Instagram, which is also Yuri Desro. So. I'm not. I'm. I'm not very hidden. Uh, I'm. I'm completely open to the public eye. Please feel free to reach out if you got questions, comments. Um, you know, you've got really good lending terms that can maybe uh, help me out. You know, I'm always looking for some liquidity, etc. So, uh, yeah, feel free to reach out. I, I'm. I'm. I'm available to whoever. Okay, and we will include a link to his Instagram and his LinkedIn in the show notes. Uh, for this episode, which is 389. Yuri, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for sharing your update. I think that this is fascinating. I do have to say I'm a little disappointed you're not still heating your house with Bitcoin, but I think you are doing so awesome. There, there's still time for me to reactivate those old uh, those old G, those old GPUs, but for now, it's just not, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, turns out sunny you know, sunny Orange County uh, doesn't really require much heat and or conditioning. So you leave the window open, you're good to go. I love that story so much just because you were thinking outside the box, but you have so many other things that you are doing so well. I mean, this nine units in one year? Technically, it was five months. Shut up. Because I, execu- I executed everything in five months. <laughs> <laughs> but the business is still going and I'm, you know, I'm trying to expand yet. The the big thing is is trying to get these next three units just so I don't like take the foot off the gas. Yeah, it's okay if you take the foot off the gas. You're doing okay. Yeah, I, I get that, but the, the 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 golden goose will only be around for forever, so or for so long. So I, I want to make sure that um, yeah, you know, my my seller gets as much value as he can out of me, and I get as much value as I can out of him. 
Um, and uh, we we leave that that business uh, partnership um, well and good, and we all leave happy. Um, so yeah, that's it's um, you know if I could put a bow on what I did since last time, um, I I simply maximized. Is that's that's the two word statement. I I simplified and I maximized. You know what? That is a great way to end this. Perfect. All right. That wraps up this episode of the Bigger Pockets Money podcast. I am Mindy Jensen, and he is Yuri Desro, the world's most okayest real estate investor. If you enjoyed today's episode, please give us a five star review on Spotify or Apple. And if you're looking for even more money content, feel free to visit our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash biggerpocketsmoney. Bigger Pockets Money was created by Mindy Jensen and Scott Trench. Produced by Kaylin Bennett. Editing by Exodus Media. Copywriting by Nate Weintraub. Lastly, a big thank you to the Bigger Pockets team for making this show possible. The market is changing and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom, and the best investors know it's not about timing the market, it's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into real estate investing or take it to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With the BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com deals, enter a few details about what and where you want to buy, and boom, instantly matched with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. This free resource is only available at biggerpockets.com deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com deals. That's biggerpockets.com deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all host and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. Bigger Pockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.